This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Good morning. It is Wednesday, isn't it? Buzz and Lisa still off this week. Big show lined up for you today, though. Holy Moses. Joanna, I think I might want to dive into this movie and TV plot twist topic earlier. Ooh. I want to do it even now. I have not seen anything, so. There's a list that was compiled by The Ringer. And they have the top 50 movie and TV plot twists of all time. And I was originally just going to go through the top 10, but there's a lot on this list. Also coming up on the show, McDonald's franchisees are apparently, um, they're fed up with their ice cream machines not functioning properly. So I'll tell you what they're doing. To fix that issue, also Chipotle, they're on to your tortilla on the side scam. We'll get to that coming up as well. Steve Trevino going to be joining us here in about an hour. Have an Am I the A-hole as well. Sports and coronavirus update. Game one of the World Series was last night. Clayton Kershaw looked good up on the mound. Dodgers take a one-games-to-none series lead over the Tampa Bay Rays. Joanna's over on the working the camera today. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. What do we have coming up in news? Well, in news, early voting continues to hit record numbers across the nation with two weeks until Election Day. Uh, The United States is already reporting at least 31 million votes have been cast in this 2020 election. Do they put anywhere in the story where we were 20, in 2016 at this time? At this time in 2016, 5.6 millions had been cast. Oh, wow. So we're so, at six times more. Yep. We are way ahead. I already voted. Somebody put in the Facebook chat yesterday, thank you, Brandon, for doing a far less political show since Buzz is out. Oh. I already voted, so it doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Right? There's a debate tomorrow. It's over, right? Don't really care. Like, once you vote, you can just move on with your life, right? Yeah. Okay, You've already cool. voted. You know what's happening. And... Cool, cool, cool. Nice. And we have the uh, the infamous Salmonella. Hey, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> Overrunning the board. That's a fantastic Instagram name, by the way. Speaking of Instagram names, I just found out yours is the Brandalorian. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. It's the real Brandalorian. The real Brandalorian. By Let me the get way. It correct. My apologies. That's awesome, man. From one Instagram name to another, I appreciate you. I saw that put up yesterday on uh, our KLAQ account. That's our flagship station. And I just, I, I, it reminded me that Sal's Instagram name was Salmonella. I was like, that's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Got to keep it raw, baby. So, so Sal's, uh, <laughs> Sal's covering on the board today. He's going to be over there running the board. 
Sal will hopefully talk some sports a little bit later. Did you catch any of the World Series last night? I didn't. I was beat yesterday, but I uh, didn't need to. Saw the highlights, Clayton uh, Kershaw, amazing game. But uh, this is just game one. This is something that I see a lot of fans, and myself included, whenever my team would make the playoffs in the NBA. One game, it doesn't matter if it's a five-point win, 15-point win. doesn't matter. It's just one game. So uh, hopefully they can do it, man. We'll see. Well, and look at how... I mean, look at how the NLCS went. I mean, mm-hmm. it looked like the Braves were going to sweep the Dodgers right Big out of time. the playoffs, and then Dodgers were able to come back, make the World Series. They pushed it to a Game 7. And look at the Rays. Yeah. The Rays almost blew a gigantic lead in the American League Championship Series. So right. we'll get to more sports here coming up. Uh, again, Derek White from White Underwood Trial Lawyers. He's going to be joining us today. So if you have a question for Ask a Lawyer, um, 844 844- 305-6210-844-305-6210 is the phone number. It's not a full consultation. It's really just, it's there to kind of point you in the right direction. Because you know there, there's maybe something that pops up in your life. You're not quite sure what to do. Do you actually need a lawyer for something? Is this something that you can take care of on your own? That's what Derek is going to be coming in to handle today. So again, 844-305-6210. You can always jump on over into the Facebook chat as well. People are already uh, popping in over there saying their good mornings. So if you would like to do that, just find Buzz Adams Morning Show over on Facebook. Click the video, and the chat will pop up over on the right-hand side for you. If you're watching it on your computer, obviously your phone is going to be slightly different. But you can always check out what's going on in the studio live. Podcast is also available. Just search Buzz Adams Adams Morning Show. All you have to do is uh, look that up wherever you get your podcasts. That could be Apple, Google, Spotify. It doesn't matter. Joanna and Emily had a new episode of What the Buzz. That was last week, correct? Yep. With uh, Lechuza. Lechuza, yeah. So if you aren't familiar with that... Folklore? I was going to say folklore, horror tale... Uh, old wives' tale. Story it's creepy. That your abuelita would tell there you. There you go. That's that's the perfect. Uh, that, that that's the perfect way to sum it up. If you aren't familiar with that one, or even if you are familiar with it, and you want to hear, because there was a point where your was it your mom or your grandma? My grandma <laughs> heard the, heard the owl outside. Yeah, and she was trying to shoo it away. She was, and I asked her, "How do you get rid of it?" And she's like, "You cuss at it." <laughs> there was my grandma <laughs> cussing at it. So is your grandma not somebody who curses a lot? So this was a rare occurrence? It was very rare also because she was doing it in English. And so she was kind of messing up the bad words. Oh, really? Like instead of mother effer, she was saying effer mother. (laughs) I was like, grandma, what are you doing? She's like, that's how you get rid of it. Did you really want to correct her too? Did you go No, I was just like, what is happening here? Grandma. Flip the two words around. She, look, she meant business with that owl. All right, so big packed show coming up for you. We're going to get to these movie plots here. Also, Monster Madness is still going on over at BuzzAdamsShow.com. The first two matchups are up. The third one's going to go up today. So we started with 32 movie monsters from, really from horror movies. And we are now down to eight. The first matchup is Freddy Krueger versus Alien or Xenomorph, if you want the the technical term. The second matchup is Jason Voorhees versus Pinhead. Joanna, who would you vote for on either of these? Um, maybe Pinhead with when he's up against who Jason. Yeah, so Pinhead's up against Jason. So I would vote Pinhead. Well, let's, and then uh, what was the other one? I'm going to cast a vote here for Pinhead. Okay, cool. 
Pinhead is significantly in the lead right now. That dude's scary. Yep. You know, when I put this bracket together, the only real planning I did was I, I picked the the big four and kind of isolated them. That would be Freddy Krueger, Jason, Michael Myers, and Leatherface. Like you think of, of horror movies, those are the big four, right? Yeah. So I isolated those four out. I kind of put them on opposite sides of the bracket, thinking that they will most likely become the final four. And then at that point, it was just a random draw of where everybody else landed. But as I was doing this, I was looking at it and kind of thinking, Pinhead's a sneaky pick when it comes to going up against Jason, and it shows. You picked him, and then also, it seems like a lot more people, Pinhead's got a 71% to 29% lead right now Oh, in that opening round. So then the other one, who would you vote for, Freddy Krueger or Alien? Back to Freddy Krueger, because I love to sleep, and that dude attacks in your sleep. And Joanna's going with the which one is more terrifying. Now, you can use whatever criteria you want when it comes to voting for a movie Monster Madness. You could be like Joanna, which one's more terrifying. You can choose the, well, which one would win in a fight. You could choose the which one had the better movies. Your criteria doesn't really matter. Just go ahead on over to BuzzAdamsMorningShow.com or uh, BuzzAdamsShow.com and go give a vote. Ooh, and it's close. Between Freddy and Alien right now, Freddy's in the lead 53% to 47%. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Movie and TV plot twists. We've seen some good ones in our lifetime. Joanna, if I were to ask you for one major plot twist in either a movie or a TV show, what would be the first one that comes to mind? Damn it, now it's like I've never seen any movies. Like your mind goes blank a little bit, yes. right? Sal, you got one? I'm blanking right now, but I have about five shows that I'm thinking of. Okay. Um, and again, this could be either television shows oh. or movies. Oh. That helps. <laughs> they recently did a top 50 list, so I'm going to start going through these here. You guys continue to think about it a little bit. Okay. Oddly enough, number 50, it's a movie that I have not seen, which I think will surprise a lot of people. Uh-huh. Spider-Man Homecoming. And it's when Peter Parker's high school crush, Liz... Oh, yeah, that is a good twist. ...is actually the villain's daughter. Mm-hmm. Although that one is coming up, my daughter and I, we have been watching the MCU in, in chronological order. Okay. So I think we're on, we just started Civil War. We're about 45 minutes into it. So Spider-Man Homecoming is up. But that's, somehow that's the one MCU movie I've never seen. Number 49 on the list, a movie that's on at my house all the time, mm-hmm. Coco. Aww. The truth about Ernesto de la Cruz. <gasps> he's evil. And that, yeah, he's the, he's the bad guy. And that he he uh, murdered his buddy. Um, a movie that I kind of anticipated would have a plot twist, Knives Out. Oh, yeah. When you find out who actually did it. That was a pretty good one. The lead up to it was real good. I thought that was a really, really good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 47 is one I'm not familiar with, Battlestar Galactica. Apparently Starbucks lives. Donnie Darko comes in at number 46. 
Here's an old school one, man. The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard is a con man. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. I mean, think about that. That, that could have been one of the one. original original plot twists. The beginnings of plot twists. Yeah. Number 44 is one that ranks very high in my book. How familiar are either of you with Scrubs? I've seen maybe a couple episodes. Maybe a season or two is what I've seen. Did you see any of the episodes with Brendan Fraser? Mm-mm. No. So uh, the plot line with him is that he is a friend of Dr. Cox. You know, Dr. Cox was kind of the, the jerk yeah, boss, yeah. the a-hole. Well, they're friends, and in an early episode, Brendan Fraser's character comes down uh, with cancer. So then they treat it, everything seems fine, and then you move on. And then I think it's either the next season or two seasons after that, Brendan Fraser's character comes back. And the way that the whole episode is patterned, Brendan Fraser is still in throughout that entire episode. And then when they get to the end, it's Dr. Cox talking about his son's birthday party. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, Zach Braff's character look at, looks at him and says, where do you think we are? They're actually at Brendan Fraser's funeral. Ooh, I because got at the, at the very beginning of the episode, he had passed away. But the way that it's done is brilliant because you're not really noticing it at the time, but Dr. Cox is still having a conversation with Brendan Fraser. He's still he's still there, but it's all in Dr. Cox's head. <gasps> and the final scene is at that funeral. I'm telling you, check that check that check that episode out. I'm going to look uh, into it and I'm going to find out exactly which episode it is, but that one that's one that's definitely worth tuning into. And you can find it on, I believe it's on Hulu, if you have Hulu. Number 43 is American Psycho. That's when you find out everything was all in his head. That movie still confuses me. It kind of does, yeah. Number 42, um, something about The Bachelor. Don't care about that. Mulholland Drive. Don't care about that. Arrival. <laughs> another movie that really confused me. The past is not just the past. I don't think I've seen Arrival. It's it's up there with like a Christopher Nolan movie in regards to how confusing it is. And it's funny, it says right here, like Interstellar and Inception, so many other time-warping, dimension-shifting projects of its ilk, the 2016 movie Arrival is best viewed while you're already plotting a second watch. Oh. It's definitely one that you need to go over a few different times. Number uh, Jumping ahead to number 37, Unbreakable, The Curious Case of Mr. Glass. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's one we talked about when Buzz was still in town. The Others. Ooh, that was a good one. When you find out that they're they're technically the dead ones, right? Yeah. They're the ghosts. They're the Others. Number 34, Memento, a movie I still haven't seen, but I've heard is amazing. It's Christ- it's- it wasn't his first movie, but it's... But it's a Christopher Nolan film. And it's like his first one that really made it big. At least cult status. Um, I still haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I assumed there was a plot twist in that movie oh, just because was. it doesn't follow. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't follow the um, historical aspect because that's the same thing that happens in Inglorious Bastards, right? Yeah. Like they blow up Hitler in the movie theater. That's not history. That's not what happened. We know that. Now the twist in that one was real good. You saw Avengers: Infinity War in the theaters, correct? Yes. What did you, how did, I think if I remember correctly, 
you and Lisa went and saw it the night before. Yep. And when you came in the next day, you were telling us how how quiet the theater it was, was dead silent. Um, and, and and it just it it was eerie almost. It was so scary because you could hear everybody <gasps> as soon as that first one started happening. Well, coming in at number twenty eight here, Avengers: Infinity War, the snap, that moment when he yep. just goes. You should have gone for the head. And then he snapped. Oh, man. That left me with just a horrible feeling for months. Because in the back of my brain, I knew I'm not going to be able to figure out what happened. Like, I'm not going to know what happens here. And I, we know that that this can't be the end. Because we know there's a part two to this movie right. coming out. But... I had to sit and wait a year. <laughs> oh, very uncomfortable feeling. Number twenty-six. You find out what Rosebud is in Citizen Kane. That's our. That's considered one of the greatest movies of all time. As yeah, well. I think it's considered the best movie of all time. Better than The Godfather. <laughs> uh, yeah, I stayed awake for Citizen Kane. <laughs> Did either of you watch uh, season one of Twenty Four? That was the show with Jack Bauer. No. No, but I heard it's pretty good. There's though. a. It's a really good show. And there's a, a big, big plot twist in the be- at the ending of season one, where you find out there's this chick that, so Jack Bauer's married, but then he also works with this chick he's been hooking up with. Come to find out the chick he's been hooking up with that he works with is the bad guy. Ah. It's so good. Number 24, Saw, Joanna. Ah, yeah. Jigsaw is in the room. When he gets up and he peels off that face... Oh, I remember I watched that movie and then I told my friends, we need to have a movie night. You guys need to watch this movie. And I did that thing where you've seen it and you're waiting, you're just looking at your friends for their reactions. And at the end, they were just like, oh, my God. It wasn't like the Clover situation. Oh, where they were like, yeah, that was cool. Like, yeah, that was, yeah. that was a cool movie. <laughs> Joanna's like, that's it? That's all you guys got? Uh, jumping ahead here, we'll get to uh, number 21, Friday the 13th, the original. It's Mrs. Voorhees. It's not Jason. Mm-hmm. I still sit and ponder how many people know that. And how many people would not know that if they've never seen the movie Scream. Ah, because you remember that's his first trivia uh-huh. question. And Drew Barrymore. she gets wrong. She, yeah, and, and she's, Jason, Jason, I know this is Jason. And he's all wrong. Wrong. It's Mrs. Voorhees. Number 20 comes from a TV show, Game of Thrones. And it's not The Red Wedding. I don't I don't watch that. <laughs> the first one that's on here, number 20, it's the it's at the ending of season 1 and it's Sean Bean's character, Eddard Stark. And I remember watching that and you're thinking, well they they're not going to kill him. He's the main guy. Like he's the guy that's on all the posters. Uh-huh. You know, it's the picture of him on the throne, like holding you know, with his sword leaning on it. There's no way they're going to get rid of this guy. They did. Oh yeah, they did. Number seventeen is the Prestige. When you find out there's a twin, <gasps> that was a good one. Number sixteen is Scream. Billy and Stu. When you find out that they are actually the ones behind Ghostface. Mm-hmm. There's two of them. My mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. (laughs) 
I feel a little woozy here. <laughs> I think you cut me too deep, man. I think I'm dying here. <laughs> Number 14, Gone Girl. Oh, have either of you seen that? No. Oh, man. I got to add it to the list. You guys got a lot you got to add because this one. Remember when Joker had come out and we were talking about how maybe Joker's one of those movies or even um, Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. And those are the kind of movies that maybe you watch just once. Uh-huh. You're glad that you watched it so that you know what everybody was talking about and you, and you can say that you've seen it. And it was, it was good to watch the one time, but you're probably not going to want to watch it again. Gone Girl is very similar in that aspect. If you guys haven't seen it, I won't completely ruin it for you, but it's right. good. Number 13 is the, the movie Seven, What's in the Box. Nice. Another one that just left me completely unsettled for a while there. A movie that did not make the list, by the way, and I don't think it's necessarily a major plot twist, was Event Horizon. The way that that movie ends. Oh, that's the one you keep telling me to watch. I keep forgetting. Oh. And I think I've added it to my queue on one of the streaming services. Yeah, that is, man. I saw that in the theater. I saw it during a matinee. So the way the movie, you know, obviously the movie takes place in space and everything is dark. And my friend and I were leaving the movie theater. And so you're going from almost complete darkness. And we step out. It's like 2 p.m. Bright, sunny day. And he and I both paused after we got through the doorways (laughs) and kind of looked at each other. Uh-huh. And we didn't even have to say a word. We both knew we feel uncomfortable after watching that. That was a that was a terrifying movie that left us very unsettled. So, come on, Joanna. I'm going to watch Put it. Put it on the list. Uh, get through these last ones here. Um, number 12, Planet of the Apes, when he finds out it's Earth, it was Earth all along. Number 11, Get Out, when you find out that uh, what's really going on there. Now we're into the top 10. Awesome. The TV show Lost. Never watched it. I didn't either. So and we'll just. From what I hear, everyone's like, don't, don't watch be, it. Yeah, because the ending is, is terrible. It's like how we were warning people earlier this week don't watch Boondock Saints 2. <laughs> Number nine is Psycho. You find out who uh, Mrs. Bates Mrs. really Bates. is. Number eight, Chinatown. She's my sister. She's my daughter. I don't think I've ever seen Chinatown. I've never seen it either. That's one we definitely have to put on the list because that's a, that's a classic. Number seven, Parasite. Ah. The Basement. That's on Hulu, I believe, still, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. I'm, I have to good. check that one out. I remember Joanna saying how good Parasite is. And I told Buzz, you have a Parasite. <laughs> Except it's just on the other floor. It's one above you rather than <laughs> yeah. the one below you. Number six, The Good Place. You actually find out that it's The Bad Place. Uh-huh. I've had this spoiled for me. I still want to watch the show. Right. Because I've heard nothing but good things about it. I heard that, I heard it's really good. Number five is a movie that is actually one of my top three, as we were talking about earlier this week. Fight Club. You find out that nice. Tyler Durden isn't really a guy. Number four is The Usual Suspect. You find out who Kaiser Soze is. Another that one movie with was, Kevin Spacey. That movie was so brilliant. God, yeah. Feels uncomfortable talking. It's weird, right? Yeah. Number three, The Sixth Sense. For sure. This is dead people. Number two, this is the other Game of Thrones one I was telling you about, the Red Wedding. So what happens in this one is you think, like, everybody's celebrating this party because of a uh-huh. wedding, and it turns out it was a double cross, and half the people die. It's just, it's a massacre. This was one of the scenes where people who had read the books 
they were filming their friends who had not read the books while they were watching it live to get their reaction to uh-huh. the Red Wedding. And number one, can you guys even think of what number one would be? No. What have we missed? Oh. Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. What? He is the father. <laughs> Maury Povich. Darth Vader, you are the father. And anytime I talk about this, it just reminds me of that Simpsons episode when they do a flashback to uh-huh. 1980 and they're coming out of the theater and there's the long, gigantic line to get in to go see another showing of The Empire Strikes <laughs> Back and his Homer's walking out and he goes, who would have known Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father the whole time? And there's all the people in line getting super upset because he just blew the movie for all of them. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. We just went through the list of 50... 50- Movie and TV twists that were ranked. Coming in at number one was uh, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. I am your father. Sal just thought of a really good one. Yeah, when I had time to think, finally. (laughs) No, I was thinking of The Orphan. Oh, that is a good one. And you find out it's an old lady. Yeah. And also, would forensic files count? Or no? Uh, I don't know. I'd say no just because they're true stories. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, and it, my wife and I will watch, uh, you know, Dateline or, you know, any of those shows. Um, or that's something that we listen to because we, we head to Austin every couple of months and we frequently drive that trip. And so some of the podcasts that we have lined up are old Dateline episodes and we'll listen to that while we drive. That's what, how we found out about Carl Carlson, by the way. That dude killed like half his family. Um, but as we would head out, we start an episode and they're like, and then there's the X. And I'm like, he did it. That's the guy. The second <laughs> they tell you there's an X in the picture, that's the dude. And it just happened two weekends ago where there was this, it, it was, the, it was the, the father of the children and it was the X and she went missing. They eventually found her body. But at the very beginning, the second they're like, and then... There's the father of the children. Boom. He did it. That guy did it. You don't do an episode like this if that guy didn't do it. Nailed it. Ooh. So Joanna's got a post up at buzzadamshow.com where listeners tell us the worst decisions in horror history. Uh, what are some of these decisions that um, people were able to bring up? Because there's a lot of really bad decisions in horror movies, like that commercial right. for Geico. Oh yeah! Like, like, why, why do we go, go to, back the, in? Why do we just go to the movie, or the running car? Right. Like you stupid. Let's hide behind the chainsaws. So that's what I was hoping for with the answers when I asked this question because I had watched The Ring, and it it prompted that question of if you already know the story of this videotape, why are you watching it? And then people continue to watch it, and I'm all why. Uh, so I was hoping to get actual, uh, like, examples from movies. But instead, what our listeners did, they gave me uh, just examples in horror movies. Okay. Uh, and just, like, running up the stairs and then falling, things like that. Kind of like but, in Scream, where that's the, the old horror movie trope. Yeah. Where Nev Campbell's character comments about how you always have the big boobed bimbo running up the stairs when she be, she be, when she should be running out the front door yeah. and then that comes up and it turns out that she ends up running up the stairs. Exactly. So I was I was hoping for more specific 
examples, but I mean the the things they gave that the listeners answered were pretty good. Uh, like running up the stairs or reading the Latin text. If it's in Latin, don't read it out loud. Yeah, right? Uh, when you ask, who's there? Or saying, I'll be right back. Uh, another uh, another one brought up in Scream. But of course, remember the guy that says, I'll be right back, is the, is the killer. killer. It's, is it Stu? Is that who Matthew Lillard plays? Yeah. I'll be right back. <laughs> and then he backs through the doorway. Uh, another one that's a bad decision for horror movies, doing it. Don't another doing one it. from Scream. From Scream, yeah. Yeah, the virgins always live, man. Keep that virginity as long <laughs> as you can. Or if you're in Monster Squad, you can actually help save us because they needed a virgin. Needed and the one chick virgin. is like, well, it's just this one time. It didn't really count. No, you're not a virgin anymore. You lost it. It doesn't <laughs> grow back, by the way. Doubting the legend behind a cursed item. Never doubt the legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These all seem pretty silly. One is also going outside to see what that sound is. Lechuza. Because as we've learned, la lechuza will get you. Yeah. Or hearing the cry of, ay, mis hijos, and going outside to help her find them. No. Oh. Don't go outside if you hear anything. Nope. Do not do it. And here's one that was an actual... Uh, Example from a movie. They even put the movie Scream 4, Sydney and her sister, which I think is actually her aunt, escape Ghostface and lock themselves inside a house. But her sister decides to sit with her back facing the door and gets stabbed through the mail slot. Oh, good Lord. And the listener put, it's, the, it's genuinely the dumbest decision I've ever seen committed to film. I totally forgot about that. It reminds me of Scream 2 when Omar Epps, he's in the bathroom. Uh-huh. And he hears the, like somebody's whispering. So then he puts his ear right up against the stall room wall. Yeah. And then he gets stabbed, which by the way, there is no way you're stabbing through that thing. Right. I might try that. Is it, let's go somewhere. Is there a restaurant where we could give that a shot? How? Let's see if we can go know? stab through your, uh, stab through your stalls. Exactly. How did you know that that's exactly where the ear would go? So if you want to uh, share some more with us, head on over to the Facebook page. Head to Buzz Adams Morning Show over on Facebook. You can let us know what are some of the worst decisions in horror history. Scream was pretty popular at pointing out, well, these are the dumb, dumb decisions that people make when it comes to horror movies. So if you want to check that out, you are more than well, welcome to uh, uh, give us a shout out over there if you would like and let us know what are some of the worst decisions in horror history. And it's also a thing that I, I try to do every week. Uh, where I ask a question on Facebook. So if you want to be featured in one of these, answer sometimes the questions that we put up there. I think one of the best ones was, who would die first out of the morning show in a horror movie? Uh, and I'm kicking myself that I'm not the one that thought of that one. And Buzz getting completely bent out of shape because everybody was picking him. <laughs> He was so upset. But then for some reason, people kept picking me to actually survive. And then there's a few people who jumped on that and said, well, that's because Brandon's probably the killer. <laughs> plot twist. Not going to deny it. There's your plot twist. Yeah. Uh, Antonio in the Facebook chat says, um, I had asked a question yesterday about the movie The Orphan. I thought it was based on a true story because I've heard... 
about some old girl that had the dwarf syndrome. I think there was. Yeah. That was an actual thing that did happen. Now, the, the the movie wasn't really based on that because I think the story came out after that, didn't it? Oh, did it? I thought so. But if you ever want to see a hilarious version of Orphan or if you don't actually want to watch the movie, go to Tosh Poino's website uh-uh. and watch his spoiler um, spoiler alert. It's where he ruins the movie for you. But it's him describing it, and it's hilarious. Oh, Gordo says one of the worst decisions in a movie history, or in a uh, movie, uh-huh. picking up a hitchhiker. Uh, yeah. That's always a bad decision. <laughs> Somebody said, thanks, Brandon, for doing a countdown list and not starting at number one. <laughs> That is a real pet peeve people have of Buzz that he does where he starts at number one and it never makes any sense. We've tried to tell him to not do it, but it's just, it's almost, it's natural for him. He can't control himself. He has to start at number one. Yeah, he can't break that habit. All right, moving on here. Apparently McDonald's franchisees, they are fed up with the broken ice uh, ice cream machine. And there was a rumor going around I think this is one of those conspiracy theories that even we talked about on the air, is that the machines aren't actually broken. Mm -hmm. The employees just don't want to have to clean it. Right. So they tell you that it's broken. We did something similar at one of the lumber yards that I worked at. We had a a saw uh, down in the back of the warehouse. And so if somebody bought a piece of wood and they'd say, like, hey, could you make these cuts for me so they could get these specific dimensions? Yeah, sure, you go and do it. But an hour before closing, we wouldn't make any more cuts because we had to clean it up. Okay. And and this came from our bosses. They said, if it's within an hour, you can't make any more cuts because we got to make sure that thing is clean and we don't want you sticking around after we close to clean it because we're not going to pay you for it. So you have to make sure that it's, it's clean before we actually close up shop. Well, the people who run McDonald's franchises, they uh, don't see this thing as a joke, despite the fact that McDonald's official Twitter makes jokes about the ice cream machines not working. Because yeah. uh, they're losing money when people can't buy ice cream from the broken machines, and they decided to take matters into their own hands. A bunch of independent franchise owners have formed a team to find new machines that don't break as often. Just go to Dairy Queen. Or some place that has machines that are working all the time. Ice cream places. Yeah. Once they find a more reliable machine, they're going to present it to McDonald's corporate to have it approved. Okay. And in other fast food news, Chipotle, they have figured out all about your tortilla on the side scam. Joanna, you said you were not familiar with this, correct? I'm not. I've never been to Chipotle. Sal, you familiar with it? Yes. It's right. uh, the end of an era. Describe it to Joanna if you could. Uh, so, so I don't know the actual technicalities. It's been a while. But uh, basically, the uh, the loophole is you get the tortilla on the side because you get extra food and or it comes out cheaper, one of the two. It's pretty much all the same there. Yeah. Um, you basically, you essentially get more food when you buy the bowl okay. than you would in a burrito. So what people would do is they would order the bowl, ask for a tortilla on the side, and the tortilla would come free. Because if you really wanted the burrito, like if you wanted to wrap it and make it yourself, you could do that. Okay. And you're getting more ingredients on the inside. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Chipotle has caught on, so now they're going to start charging for the tortilla on the side. They're but on to you guys. They're only charging 25 cents. I think it's still more expensive to get guacamole at Chipotle. <laughs> so it's more of a symbolic, it says here, it's really more of a symbolic move that shows they know what you're up to. And they could jack the price up at any time. So no more for, uh, no more free tortillas happening over at nice. Chipotle. So just in case you were planning on doing that, just in case that that was a scam that you had been working with, well, no mas. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Head on over to KLAQ.com, Movie Monster Madness in full effect. Three of the final four matchups are up. We've got Freddy Krueger taking on Alien. Jason Voorhees taking on Pinhead. I think that one's going to surprise some people when you go vote on it. And then the one that just went up this morning, Michael Voorhees versus Dracula. Again, you can find these over at KLAQ.com. If you click the link to the one that was just put up this morning, which was Better Movie Monster, Michael Myers, or Dracula, there are links to the other ones as well. Steve Kaplowitz joining us on the program. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, guys. How are you today? Uh, doing pretty good. Um, we, we're obviously going to uh, talk about some of the main topics. We had the World Series game one last night. Dodgers getting the victory 8-3. to three. Clayton Kershaw looked good in the World Series last night. Great. Yeah, it was a dominant performance by Kershaw. And that's the most important takeaway just because... Even though you know he's on his way to the world to uh, the Hall of Fame someday, the knock against Kershaw has been always uh, during his career. He's never really been a big game playoff pitcher. Well, yesterday, six innings, two hits, one run, eight strikeouts. I mean, he was terrific. And then uh, the weird thing about the game yesterday was was that uh, the Rays pitched their ace Tyler Glasnow for a career high 112 pitches, and he gave up six runs. So it was an ugly line, and you kind of wonder. Since uh, Glasnow didn't have his stuff yesterday, why leave him out there to throw so many pitches? Why not go to your bullpen earlier? So a lot of questions being asked right now of Kevin Cash, the manager of the Rays, and interested to see how game two is tonight. And, of course, the other big stories. Um, the big ones out of, out of Cowboys football. Reports are that some of the players are upset with the coaching staff. And originally, I guess the players were willing to keep it in-house, but it's gotten to the point now that for the players, um, they're just flat out saying that these guys don't know how to coach. They don't know how to teach. They don't know how to adapt. Could this be a one-and-done thing for Mike McCarthy? Absolutely it could, especially if the players are now um, complaining. And, and look, when things are going bad, this is what happens. You have drama in the locker room. All right, so this is nothing. This is nothing new. I mean, mm-hmm. this happens in sports when teams are losing, especially a team that's used to winning, like the Cowboys, and everything's just been going wrong for McCarthy this year. Um, it's what's interesting is going to be how this team writes the ship given their schedule, because you know they've, they've got two games in a row now against conference opponents in Washington and in Philly. But then they've got to play the Steelers. They have to play at Minnesota. They have to play Washington again. Then Baltimore, Cincinnati on the road, 
49ers. I mean, there's no there's no layups on the schedule. And even these next two weeks, all right, with Washington and Philadelphia, I mean, Philly can beat them very easily. Washington has the ability to beat them. I mean, they're 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 all bad, but you know what? The Cowboys are bad too. So I think everybody's kind of in the same boat right now. And I'm going to be really interested to see if and and how this team climbs out of the funk that they're in right now. Yeah, it's just it's. Seemed very discombobulated for this team. There's too much talent for them to be this bad. I get if the defense is giving up points, but I mean, obviously, Dak Prescott being out does affect it. It was interesting. I heard a lot of people talking about how, oh, Andy Dalton, he's been a starter. He's going to be able to slide right in there, and he's uh, he's going to do just fine. He's not going to put up Dak-like numbers, but the offense isn't going to miss a beat. It seemed to be a little bit premature to be making those. Those comments, because you also have Andy Dalton coming in in the offseason. You have a brand new coach in Mike McCarthy. Andy Dalton has not played with Ezekiel Elliott or Amari Cooper before. So there's a lot of new instances for this team. And with limited practices, no preseason games at all, teams are having to adjust on the fly more so now than ever. And that's one of the complaints that the players have about this coaching staff is that they're not able to do that. They're not able to adapt to game circumstances. But on the flip side, you also have guys like Ezekiel Elliott. He put the ball on the ground twice in a row, giving up points in this last game. So can you really put that on the coaching staff? No, and it wasn't. I mean, that's the thing is that this game, you know, Ezekiel Elliott can't hang on to the football. That's the big storyline. That's to me, that's the big takeaway from this game. Nothing else. You can talk about the coaching staff all you want, but what kind of a hole they're being put in because ultimately their franchise running back is a fumble machine. And that's unfortunate, but that's kind of the reality of the situation right now. And then think about it. If Zeke can't hang on to the football without fumbling, that limits his touches, which hurts the Cowboys running game and ultimately puts even more pressure on the passing game, who by the time they were really able to know what hit them, they were already down three touchdowns because those fumbles were leading the scores on the other side. And that seems to be kind of a recurring theme here for the Cowboys as they get down early. They've been able to fight back in some of the games, namely the Falcons, and then other ones where they came up short, like the game against Seattle. And then they were, there wasn't even a comeback attempt on Monday night when they were taking on the Cardinals. Like how Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott has his uh, feed me tattoo on his stomach. I think it might get to the point he's got to put a cough it up tattoo on his forearm if he's not able to get rid of these issues. Now, they are traveling. They're going to be in Washington coming up on Sunday. They're going to be taking on the Washington football team. Next year, that might be the same, I guess, because they they have their executives. Um, Team President Jason Wright said that there's a good chance we will be the Washington football team next season. What are your thoughts, Steve? You know what? Look, it's obvious about one thing. They don't have a nickname in mind. If they had a nickname, they would not say that they would stay this for a while. But I'm one of the few people that has no problem with them being the Washington football team. Yes, I still slip up from time to time and say Redskins, which I feel terrible about. Oh, you're so racist, Steve. Stop it. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's what happens when you're used to seeing the same name for the last 40-something years. I still call it the San Diego Chargers, too, so... It's I've, just, I've done that before. That's the thing. It's just habits are hard to break sometimes, I guess. Absolutely. But I like the Washington football team. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's it's different. They have the number on the helmet. That's not that's refreshing. We don't see that much anymore. And as as crazy as it looks by just saying Washington football team, you kind of wonder, could that stick long term? 
because it's they're the only one like that right now, and it's it's like an old school throwback. You don't need it. You don't need a nickname. You're just the Washington football team, and that's it. With that big W. Maybe that is something that stays, or maybe now that they have a little more time to think about it, they'll make sure that the next nickname is a good one that they can go with, and uh, the fans will like. Because the worst part would be if they come up with another nickname and the fans say, "God, you should have just kept it the Washington Football Team." We yeah. like that, you know. So that it's going to be interesting to see how that works. The fact is. Who cares if they don't have a nickname or if they have a nickname? They're a one in five football team right now. They're going nowhere in this division. And 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 okay, we talked about this yesterday. The Cowboys could win the division with six wins. What do you think is the fewest number of victories that one of these four teams could have and come away with the division championship? It's six the lowest. Well, at this point, if you're trying to get to the lowest, you would probably have to go with uh, the Cowboys because they have the most victories out of anybody right now. Um, I think six would probably be the lowest. We just did have somebody in the Facebook chat. Rosales said that Philadelphia is actually going to win the division at four eleven and one, which is uh, oh, I like that. I don't know if that's necessarily possible, but that's pretty damn funny. Um, that would be great. Because think about it. If the Cowboys are 4-12 and 12 and Philadelphia is 4-11-1... and 4-11-1 and one gets in. Yes, that's exactly right. That's, that's terrific. But and, the hope uh, for Philadelphia would be that they could actually be healthy getting into the playoffs. It doesn't matter how they get in, as long as they're healthy. Because there's two teams right now that are just the absolute walking wounded. They might as well name the hospitals, um, you know, one of the wings after the team. You've got... The 49ers and the Eagles and those two teams have not been able to stay healthy at all this year. And we've seen some good football play out of both of these teams, even with the backups in there. Carson Wentz, people were complaining that he's not the quarterback that he should be. He hasn't had anybody to throw to. And this Thursday night, it's going to be even iffy at that because he's going to be without Miles Sanders. He's now going to be without Zach Ertz. There's been no word so far, unless there's been an update this morning on whether or not Dallas Goddard is going to be active um, for that game or not. So it's going to be completely iffy on them. But we also got a question in the Facebook chat about what should be the new Washington name. I think the one that was most popular is most people were saying the Washington Warriors. Mm-hmm. That seemed I to be one that was towards Warriors. the top of the list. Uh, we had a suggestion for the uh, Washington Red Tails as well. Quite frankly, I like kind of keeping the same logo and keeping the previous name, and you just alter them slightly, and you turn them into the Washington Redskin Potatoes. Hmm. There you go. Now we're now we're going somewhere because we're we're keeping the Redskin in there, but we're making it a potato. Yeah, exactly. Actually, there is no sports teams that I know of, professional, college, whatever, whose nickname refers to. A type of potato. So you know what? Maybe you're on to something there because now we're getting into um, a totally different type of thing: vegetables for nicknames. And you know that that could be a new trend in sports. Maybe you'll start with that. We'll get the broccolis, the cauliflower, <laughs> the broccoli. You know, the tom- and, and and the tomatoes, and and we'll we'll start to have some fun in sports. There you go. I like that. Or we could even have uh, like an, a team from Idaho, and we could get the russets, or possibly the Yukon Golds as well. We just have a whole league named now, after potatoes. 
Now, we do have the Idaho Potato Bowl. That has, we, we've seen that over the years. So they have had a bowl game named after a potato just because it's from Idaho and it's the sponsor of the game, so you kind of understand that. But uh, as far as a team's nickname, that would be very unique. I like that. The Redskin Potatoes. There you go. Well, we, there have way been... To, way to keep it in the family. You like that? There have been some mock-ups of what some of the logos might look like, and somebody's saying that the potential Red Tails logos look pretty cool. Yeah, they've they've had some really interesting things that fans have already done, but we're just not sure exactly what's going to happen with the Washington football team and they're claiming that next year they're most likely going to remain the Washington football team. We're probably uh, a year and a half out of them being able to decide on a new nickname for the franchise. Now, you also mentioned now, that uh, Conference USA Basketball um, has something coming up. You want to uh, enlighten us all there, Steve? Yeah, very quickly. So they haven't released the schedule yet, and this involves UTEP and everybody else playing. But the story right now from CUSA's main office is that they're going to completely uh, do things differently this year to try to reduce the travel uh, costs and spread of COVID. So what they're going to do is they're going to have an 18-game league schedule. 18 games, okay? Now, of those 18 games, every school is going to have their designated rival. No, I would have to figure. I mean, again, the only team that makes any sense for UTEP is UTSA. So let's just use this as an example, okay? Let's say UTSA is UTEP's designated rival. They will play a traditional home and home. So one game will be at the Haskins Center, one game will be in San Antonio. The other 16 games will be um, four home series and four road series to where UTEP will host four teams at the Haskins Center on a Thursday and a Saturday against the same teams. So let's just use North Texas as an example. Okay. North Texas would come to El Paso. They'd play them Thursday night in basketball, and then they'd play them again Saturday night at the same venue. So it's like you're getting a game, you're getting a team twice in three days at the same venue. And then UTEP might travel to, let's say, um, for argument's sake, uh, Birmingham and play UAB, and they'll play UAB on the road, Thursday, and again on Saturday. So there's going to be a total of eight of these series, four home, four road, and you're going to ultimately see the same team twice over those three-day periods, and and then you'll have the the one uh, series, like UTSA, for example, will be the traditional home-and-home, and that's how each school will play their 18 games. So what that means is there are 13 possible opponents UTEP could play in Conference USA. They will see nine of them this year. So four schools will not play UTEP. Uh, and that, again, is this new travel restriction that they want to do. Are they limiting travel, making it uh, easier for teams to stay in one place and ultimately not have to be going around so much like they normally do, which could then limit the spread of COVID. So that is the idea. And then uh, I would assume CUSA is going to come out with those schedules either later this week or next week. And uh, we'll get a chance to see who the Miners are going to be playing. Good. So they have a plan, at least. Um, we were just got a question in the Facebook chat. Roberto's asking about the uh, predictions for the start of the NBA season. And that's going to be... We, we don't know yet, because they still have to have the draft. And I believe the thoughts originally were the beginning of December for the next season to start. But Adam Silver has come out and said... Their main goal, it's not to get the season started as quickly as possible. The main goal is to get fans in the stands. So if that means they have to potentially postpone the start of next season all the way until March, 
they might do that. But he did say that the most important thing for them is making sure that they have fans in the actual stands and they're not confined to the bubble in Orlando yet again. So one week ago, uh, John Hollinger, who covers the NBA for The Athletic, he reported that the new season will begin on January the 18th of 2021. So that would mean that the NBA would return on Martin Luther King Jr. Day and there will not be Christmas Day games like we normally have. I'm okay with it. So as of now, January 18th of 2021 would be the start of the NBA uh, next NBA season. I'm fine without the Christmas Day games. I tried tuning in. I think it was either last year or the year before. And the games bore me. Yeah. I, I, I was trying to watch... I think it might have been two years ago because it was in, it was when Golden State was still good. Not this last season when they were basically just... They, they committed themselves to, hey, we're not going to be great. We got Clay Thompson out with an injury and uh, now Steph Curry's got, you know out with his injury. Um, so they were still good and they were in one of the featured games on Christmas Day. And the play of the NBA bored me. But on the flip side, when they went to the bubble this year, I think that's the most I've watched basketball in probably at least a decade, if not more. I always watch the Blazers because that's my team. And if I get a chance to watch them, I'm going to tune in. But I caught myself watching other games as well from the bubble. I don't think the style of play changed. I think the fact that there was no NBA to even be talked about made me realize, oh, I, I want to watch this now. We didn't have this for yeah. however many months. I need to make sure that I'm, I'm uh, soaking this in as much as I can while we have the opportunity to do so. I hear you. And that, I think, was probably the case, plus the novelty of playing in one arena or, you know, facility without any fans. And they put this, the, you know, the, the computers up where you could see the fans. Oh, I loved that. Loved yeah. that. I tried to get in. I, I wasn't able to, unfortunately. I tried to get as a, one of the fans up in the stands, but unfortunately not. So, it's okay. All right, Cappy, um, we're going to have some entertainment news coming up. Do you want to stick around for us a little, with us a little bit and uh, talk some entertainment news, or do you have plans sure. today? Sure. Well, I, I I do have plans. I mean, as much as I'd love to say that I've got my my entire nine o'clock hour open for you guys, I could stick around for a little while longer. And I'm always interested in what's happening uh, in the world of entertainment. So sure, it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Many lively debates happening on the show today. Greatest movie or TV show plot twists. We ended up talking about Citizen Kane, and then we got uh, down that rabbit hole of the greatest movies of all time and how much The Godfather sucks. So, of course, I got called out for that in the Facebook chat because it's blasphemy that I don't like The Godfather. Joanna, have you been able to get through The Godfather? No, nobody likes The Godfather. Sal? I love The Godfather. You there you go. Like five minutes or, no, I don't know. I'm trying my accent. I should take my mask off. Help. <laughs> you know, practicing COVID restrictions on air. But, no, Godfather's pretty cool. I like it. The first one, though. Do you Cap- know what Sal just told me? What's that? That he just watched this past summer, Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah. When uh, when the uh, the work home stay safe order uh, hit, I got into it. My girlfriend got me into it, and I love this show. Quoting Leslie Nope like crazy. And the reason that we bring this up, somebody in the chat uh, commented, uh, "The Washington <laughs> Football Team should be the Washington filibusters." And then she said, "Who would be the mascot?" I said, "Leslie Pat- Nope." Nah, it should be it should be Patton Oswalt. Remember his filibuster? Oh, oh yeah. All right. When he goes down the full rabbit hole of. Pretty much every nerd genre you can think of. <laughs> Cap, are you there with us? I am here with you still. Godfather, yay or nay? Oh, yay, I own it. It's, uh, it's a classic. Well, this, of course, means I have to play this clip. It insists upon itself. 
Peter sums up my feelings on The Godfather perfectly in this. <laughs> so that those are the thoughts on on The Godfather. But we're split 50-50 here. Joanna and I can't get through it. And uh, Cappy and Sal are uh, gung-ho all about um, the, Godfather the Godfather there. Now yeah. let me ask you this. Do you like Goodfellas? Love Goodfellas. Yeah. Good because Goodfellas is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I had to make sure that at least Goodfellas you, you're you're okay with. That's the thing is most mafia movies I like, I enjoy. I assumed when I tried to watch The Godfather for the first time, I assumed I was going to enjoy that movie. Goodfellas, Casino. Um, I got one for you guys. Yeah, A Bronx Tale. A Bronx oh, Tale's I love fantastic. That movie. I love it. Yeah. Um, Donnie Brasco. Oh, Donnie Brasco is one of my favorites. But for some reason, I just, I, I could not and cannot get through The Godfather. But I keep saying this, I do have to give it another shot. Maybe maybe I'll finally be able to finish it, because just like Peter, I have not been able to finish the movie at all. It's slow. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, you know what I watched a couple of weeks ago? Um, One Floor Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. And... And it's with a nurse slow R- movie. with Nurse Ratchet, right? Nurse Ratchet. Now the reason is there's a new show on I think it's on either Netflix or Prime called Nurse Ratch- or Ratchet. It's on Netflix, yeah. It and, right, and it's the backstory before she was you know at that point of being in the movie One Floor Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And um, so we watched uh, One Floor Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and I mean, look, I thought the acting was terrific, but it's it's a movie that it, it's it doesn't play as well now as it might have back in the mid seventies because the movies have changed so much and it's a little slower the way they tell the story. So I don't know. I mean, it's just everybody's personal preference. Sometimes you're you're, you're wanting to get to the meat of the of the plot so quickly that if it if it takes a little time to develop, you're you know you grow impatient and you want to see it. But there's a a common theme that people can tend to bring up with like, oh, well, you just don't like it because it's dialogue. It's interesting dialogue, and it's a well-made movie, and maybe you just don't have the attention span for it. There's a lot of movies that I like that are mainly dialogue. There's a, a movie with Tommy Lee Jones and Samuel L. Jackson called The Sunset Limited. It's, tr- it's the two of them in an apartment, and the whole movie is dialogue. That's it. And it's a fantastic movie. If you've never seen it, I highly recommend it. Uh, I believe it's the Sunset Limited. Sunset Limited or Unlimited? One of those two. But it's a great movie. All right, let's get to some entertainment news. Joanna, what do we have in entertainment today? The 1988 fantasy film Willow is getting the TV series treatment at Disney Plus with the director of Crazy Rich Asians directing it, John M. Cho. The Oscar-nominated movie based on a story from Star Wars creator George Lucas starred Warwick Davis as Willow, a farmer who sets out on a mission to protect a prophecy-fulfilling baby from an evil queen. Ron Howard, who directed the original film, will return as executive producer for the series, along with Davis returning to star in the series. Howard clarified that the series isn't a nostalgic throwback, it's a creative lean forward, while Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy added that it will take what fans know and love about the original film into new and exciting directions. Warwick Davis played Wicket as well, the Ewok. Oh, good for him. (laughs) Politics have destroyed another American family, and this time it was one of the best families of them all, the Cunninghams from Happy Days. On Monday, Ron Howard tweeted that he will be doing a cast reunion to benefit the Wisconsin Democratic Party. 
It's happening on Sunday, and he'll be joined by Marion Ross, who played Mrs. C, Henry Winkler, who was Fonzie, Donnie Most, who was Ralph, and Anson Williams, who was Potsy. Additionally, uh, other cast members and special guests will appear, but don't show up expecting to see Chachi. Scott Baio is a very vocal Republican and Trump supporter. And not only is he not taking part in it, he's actually livid that it's even happening. Wasn't he just complaining that he doesn't get roles because he's a Republican (laughs) or because he's a Trump supporter? And now he's he's complaining about this. Yeah, he was. He was complaining and he was like, well, when the revolution happens, remember who has the guns or something like that. Oh, my God. He tweeted out his frustration saying, what a shame to use a classic show like Happy Days about Americana to promote an anti-American socialist. Hashtag shameful. Full House superstar John Stamos offered to jump in and play Chachi. That would be awesome. That would be great. And then... Scott Bayo zinged him back and said, shouldn't you be taking care of Aunt Becky? (laughs) What is happening here? And finally, Nicolas Cage has blown so much money over the years. He seems like the kind of guy who'd drop thousands in a day at a casino, but he's not. Nicolas Cage sat down with Marilyn Manson for Interview Magazine and said that while he lives in Las Vegas... He hasn't gambled in 30 years, and there's a reason for that, and it's a very Nicolas Cage reason. He said that once he was in the Bahamas and walked into a casino where he felt he had his mojo, so he played roulette. He went in with $200 and walked out with $20,000 20 minutes later. So he went and found an orphanage in the Bahamas, met all the kids and the headmistress, and then just said, this is for you. And he says... Quote, I put the 20 grand in her hand, walked away, and never gambled again, because if I did, it would ruin the power of that moment. Nicolas Cage can be seen next in the movie Jiu-Jitsu, a fam- uh, fantasy martial movie, martial arts movie where he must defeat an alien and save the world from peril using a special brand of jiu-jitsu. What is he going to do, get the alien in a rear note, make a choke hold or something? <laughs> Nicholas Cage will also be doing his first regular TV role soon where, where he'll play Joe Exotic in an upcoming Tiger <sighs> King show. I forgot about that. So what are the Tiger Kings that we have? We have him. Him doing one and then Kate McKinnon playing Carol Baskin That's right. in a different one. And we had news uh, earlier this week. Um, I don't think we talked about it on the air, but apparently Carol Baskin admits that she's bi. Like she could, she could totally see herself being married to a woman. I mean, uh, okay. Better run. Insert better run. (laughs) Insert kitty cat joke here. Oh, she does like kitty cats. I didn't want to say it. (laughs) With entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba. Thank you, Joanna. Cappy, what are you watching these days, man? I just finished uh, Red Oaks, and that was terrific. Um, That's that the, the Amazon a, Prime eighty yes. like eighties esque about yes. the um, uh, the, the resort. Yeah, the country club. It's got Paul Reiser in it, doesn't it? It does have Paul Reiser. You're absolutely right about that. Um, um, and it also has Jennifer Grey, who, by the way, looks nothing like she uh, did yeah. when she was baby in, um, uh, what's the uh, classic from the 80s? Dancing, uh, dirty Dancing. Dance, right, dirty Dancing. That's exactly. Like, you can't she even She had a nose job. Yeah, her. that nose well, job Well, not just the nose her. job. There, 
there had to be more than just the nose. I'm telling you, because <laughs> even with a changed nose, you can still look at the rest of the face and recognize somebody. She is unrecognizable. So, uh, but she's in this movie, uh, in this uh, TV series, and it's good. It's um, three seasons, and again, the biggest problem right now is, and this is the truth: you when you start binge watching something, you lose track of time. Next thing you know, it's one or two in the morning. Still watching it. <laughs> I mean, you got to get up the next day, so right. it's oh, it's 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 so difficult. But that was a a good uh, good show. So we just finished that, and I think I'm going to get into season two now of Unsolved Mysteries, which just uh, dropped yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, I forgot so. about it's really that. Good. Yeah, I love it. I forgot. Uh, don't forget, Jennifer Grey was also Ferris Bueller's sister. That's right. She was trying to track him down. There was a TV show. I think I have found which one it is and this was back in the 90s it looks like this only lasted a couple of seasons the show was called it's like you know that's the name of the show but they cast jennifer gray in this television show to i don't know if it was actually playing herself like her she was jennifer gray in the show or she was she was playing somebody that was basically like her because at that point she had already had the nose job and nobody recognized her. Nobody knew who she was. And so the character in the show was an actress who was big in the 80s. It does now, say her character was Jennifer Grey. Okay, so she was basically essentially was playing herself. Like a parody of herself, maybe? Yeah, and and one of the kind of recurring themes was nobody ever recognized her because she had these, this plastic surgery to fix her nose. <laughs> and she didn't look anything like the way she did when she was in these big popular movies like she was in Dirty Dancing or Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Got that nose job. You know who she's married to? Is it one of the Baldwins? No. Because there was a there's a picture of her on her Wikipedia page with one of the Baldwins. No, she's married to Clark Gregg, Agent Coulson. She oh, it looks like she was. Looks like they divorced in Oh, they just divorced. Oh, they did? It says here divorce 2020. Oh, 2020 took the love from Clark Gregg and Jennifer Gray. Oh, Agent Coulson. Oh, he also dies in the comic books, too. Dang. He's died more than once. All right, Cappy, we'll have to check out uh, check out Red Oaks. I think I watched the first few episodes of that. How many seasons was there of that? There's three. So the first two are ten episodes each, and then the third season is only six. Now, I guess this show started in 2014, ended in 2017. So it starts in 1985 and then goes 85, 86, 87. Okay. So those are the three summers that they spend, but it's good. It's 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 really good. It's a it's a good group of actors, and um, yeah, I, I, very entertaining. I like you know what it is. I like those throwback shows. Although they're great, I've aren't never they? Really watch the Goldbergs. I, I'm not huge on that, and and some of the other ones that are on today. But yeah, I like. I mean, look, I, I loved Cobra Kai. I thought that show's been terrific. So oh, me, you, and Joanna could talk about Cobra Kai for hours, it. my man. Yes, I mean it's a great show, and I can't wait. They're doing season. Their season three is dropping later, and then they've got they're already starting to work on season four. So I don't know if it could possibly be as good. I still think season one of Cobra Kai is one of the greatest seasons I've ever watched of any show. I mean, it was it it hooks you so quickly, and then you just can't take your eyes away from it. It was phenomenal. So you know that's the beauty of some of these shows that they put together, and uh, and and it shows you throwbacks, right? You get the whole cast uh, reuniting from that that's still alive from the original uh, movies that came out and bring them back 30 or 40 years later and this you get uh, must see tv 
ending of season two, Cobra Kai, one of the best season finales of a TV show. That was amazing. All right, coming up, we got some just random stories to wrap up the show today. Thanks for your time, Cappy. Talk to you guys later. All right, buddy. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Check in on the old Facebook chat. Head on over to Buzz Adams Morning Show on Facebook. Check out the video. Make sure you like the page. People chiming in on The Godfather. Tony says, my dad took us to the drive-in to watch The Godfather. I was so young, and it took me a while to realize that he had just mixed up how to spell it. He wrote the horse head scene. Really freaked me out. Uh, he mixed up the S and the E, so horse head is what he was going with there. <laughs> and actually, I know that scene. I just, I can't, can't I know that the scene because I there's like all those... Parodies. Yeah. That Parodies, jump all over that. And then I think like we took a film class. I took a film class where they taught us about that. It's a real horse head. Yeah, just never, uh, never quite been able to get through it. Never watched it. A lot of people talking about Cobra Kai in the Facebook chat as well, yeah. commenting about how bad the acting is. Yeah, we know that. Early on, I mean, that's what Buzz had said, and I think he had only watched maybe one or two episodes, and he claimed that this is just awful acting in this show. Buzz does that though. He'll watch one or two and then decide that he doesn't like it, and then later gets mad when we're all. Or it's a great show. Yeah, or he'll stick around for something that's awful <laughs> and then complain about it later. But when it came to Cobra Kai, I started to watch it during the day. And my first thought was, oh, this is terrible. This acting is awful. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sit through this. But then four episodes later, I hadn't gotten up off the couch yet. And I just kept clicking next one. And it wasn't even like I was allowing Netflix to go into the next one on its own. I was actively going to the next episode. I'll play the next one already. And I got sucked in, man. Although I think I might be too far into The Haunting of Bly Manor to give up no. on it. But I don't know if I want to give up on it. Because the story is pretty intriguing. But if you're expecting it to be as... Scary or with as much creepy stuff as they had with The Haunting of Hill House, mm-hmm. it's not even close. I have seen a lot of reviews on it that it's not as scary as the first one, uh, but that the story is very good. It's very well told. It is. And, and I can tell you right now, I watched a movie earlier this year that's based on The Turn of the Screw. It was god-awful, and I felt like I wasted two hours of my life. So when I started watching The Haunting of Bly Manor, I thought, this is way better than that movie could have ever been. And that's what it's. The book was called "The Turning of the Screw." Yeah, the turn of the screw. Turn of the screw. And I think it, the show is supposed to have other works from that same author, but so far it seems like it's just the turn of the screw on on these these episodes that I've seen at least. I was telling Joanna, I think it was before the show today, about the haunting mm-hmm. of Bly Manor. How I'll, I, when I get to watch that show, it's as I'm getting ready for bed, my wife and kid, they're still up. They're doing their own thing. I'm in bed at like 7 o'clock. So I have 15 to 20 minutes to watch something before I start to fall asleep. And I assumed last night, I'm on maybe episode 3. Because you're expecting more of the, the uh-huh. super creepy haunting scenes like you were getting out of the haunting of Hill House. Right. I'm already on episode 6. Oh. It blew my mind. How I was like, many episodes are there? There's, it's got to be eight or ten, and it was at that moment that I realized, all right, well, I'm I'm committed at this point. You're and too I, deep in already. Yeah, I got to find out what happens. But it's uh, the the uncle 
Uh-huh. The, the the guy that played the kid in E.T. That storyline is super nuts, and it's oh. really good. That I, that's why I think it is worth worth toughing it out. Uh-huh. And then the wife and I, we've been watching Ratchet. That's the the one with Sarah Paulson on Netflix. <laughs> but I dozed off during the mo- the last episode that we watched, and I think I might need to start recording my wife describing the episodes and just posting that stuff online because it's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Because the ending of one episode, it had Sharon Stone, and she has this son that she's taking care of, and you're wondering what's wrong with the son because he won't leave his bed. All of a okay. sudden, they pull the, uh, the, like the covers off him. He's just got nubs for arms and legs. That's it. The hell? Yeah. Blew my mind. But then in the next episode, that's where they explain how all of that happened. And that's the one I fell asleep to. So I had my wife describing <laughs> to me exactly how all of that stuff went down. And that was, uh, it was very entertaining. I almost want to just tell her, you watch the show and then tell me what happens. Because I absolutely love that. Check over the website, KLAQ.com. You can vote on Movie Monster Madness. We have three matches up right now. There's going to be a total of four. One, month, one more will be dropping tomorrow morning. The first one... Freddy Krueger versus Alien. The next one was Jason Voorhees versus Pinhead. And then the one that just uh, you can vote on this morning is Michael Myers versus Dracula. So if you want to go vote on those, you can do so over at KLAQ.com. And if you go to the one that was uh, put up this morning, the Better Movie Monster, Michael Myers or Dracula, there are links to the other competitions for you to vote on so you don't have to go searching for it too far it's right there just look on the click here portion uh when you get to the meat of that uh that article there if you would like to uh help us figure out who the best movie monster is because we had 32 and we are now down to eight and then by halloween we are going to end up with a total of one Uh, Joe in the Facebook chat has, a, I think, a question for Joanna. Oh. I want to know what Joanna thinks of the Stephen King universe, about the similarities and characters that share relatives. I, yeah, I believe there's a whole, like, hasn't he said? Yeah, that they all kind of exist in the same universe. Yes. I had, I watched uh, the second season of Castle Rock, which focuses a lot on Annie from... What's the movie? Misery. Oh. Oh, um, uh, Kathy Bates? Yeah. Okay. And it focuses on her story. And in the town, there's a lot of references to like Salem's Lot and other Stephen King's works that I, I couldn't even keep up with it. My sister was the one telling me like, oh, that's from this book and that's from this book. Hmm. Uh, I think I've only read one Stephen King book. And that was a uh, more of an odd one. It was called Finders Keepers. No. And the reason I read that one is because there was five different copies of it for sale at the bookmark. That's the used <laughs> bookstore that I go to. Uh-huh. So I told myself, well, if there's five of them here, I'll take one. And it was a decent book. <laughs> it wasn't terrible. How was the ending? It was good. But it also had that kind of weird Stephen King twist but it didn't take up a big chunk of the ending it just had this moment at the end where it was like all right what's going on here like it was leading to something but it's a stephen king novel so it never does right it's like the last thing that he writes in the actual book 
Um, trying to keep up with the Facebook chat here. Uh-huh. Albert says, Bly Manor was a great story. Once you finish it, go back and watch the first six minutes of episode one. Okay. I will certainly do that. What is the first six minutes? Is that when she's meeting up with the uncle? Oh, probably. Huh. Or when the storyteller starts telling the story at the wedding. Oh, oh, that's right. It's, um, oh, what's her name? She was in... She's Becca from Son-in-Law. That's right. And uh, she was the mom. I can't think of her name. She was the mom in Haunting of Hill House. Uh, before we wrap up here, we're going to have to wrap, the sh- uh, wrap up the show here in a couple of minutes. Roberto says, what's your favorite horror movie? He says, his is the thing. Favorites? I don't know, but I can I can list a couple here that I think are highly underrated. Um, I keep telling Joanna to go watch Event Horizon. That's an amazing I movie. I saved onto some queue. I just can't remember, <laughs> remember which, which one. one it is. God, I have so many streaming services. Um, Ghost Ship, I think, is amazing. I love that movie. And Cabin in the Woods is amazing. Both of those movies were ones that I was not able to get through. I would, for some reason, I would always put it in and start to watch it when I was about to fall asleep. So I would miss the very beginning. I mean, I would watch make the first five to ten minutes. So you know, like that opening scene from Ghost Ship. Yeah. I never got to the cable breaking. I tried like four or five times, and I was I never got to that point. So then I ended up having to. Uh, um, I finally was able to sit down and watch it. Highly recommended at this point. All right, coming up tomorrow, Shim Moore, former lead singer of Sick Puppies and my co-host for Rockstar 101, going to be joining us. Joanna and uh, Sal still holding it down, so we'll see you guys tomorrow morning on the Buzz Adams Morning Show.